Together, the South Carolina Golf Association, the South Carolina Junior Golf Association, and the South Carolina Junior Golf Foundation strive to promote, preserve, and grow the game of golf in South Carolina. Through a combined effort, each association and the foundation work to support amateur golf, junior golf, and grow the game's initiatives throughout the state of South Carolina. Be sure to follow all three organizations on our social media handles for the latest and greatest updates and news. The MySCGA app is also a great way for all members to post scores, follow live scoring at SCGA Major Championships, and stay updated on all things SCGA. To follow live scoring of the SCJGA events, download the SCJGA app. You're listening to SCGA Off the Hosel, the official podcast of the South Carolina Golf Association. Here are your hosts, Alan Knight and Biff Lathrop. Hey, and welcome back to another episode of SCGA Off the Hosel, the official podcast of the South Carolina Golf Association. I'm Alan Knight, joined by a man with full of knowledge, but he's lost his hair, Mr. Biff Lathrop. I have definitely lost my hair, and I try to have as much knowledge as I can, but we just kind of keep on rolling, so I yep. uh, hope everybody's doing well. It's good to be back with you again. Uh, good to have AK in the house here at the SCJ offices. So yes, we, uh, sir. On a busy Irmo drive every time. It's getting a, busier and busier out here. We've got a new QT and a hotel down there. New QT, a hotel. We had a 100-mile-an-hour car chase going around Irmo the other day. That was fun to watch. The last time I came here to record, there was gunshots. Yeah, well, boy, got shot. But, you know, <laughs> it's a safe place. So we're in a good spot. Feel safe to come by. Uh, we certain small incidences around here. But, yeah. yeah, all is good at SCGA. we got people all over the place. They're on the road today. Office is kind of empty. Um, but since we were together last time, Alan, we've had a had a couple events, squeezed in a couple events. And uh, – the two, three of the events that we've had were, were on one weekend, and it might have been one of the coldest and wettest and hardest <laughs> and rawest weekends we've done. But by God, we got them done. So That's the way we do it. It was, uh, it was good. We, we started off with our junior heritage was down at uh, the Sea Pines area at the Atlantic Dunes and Harbor Town courses. Yep. Uh, we played Atlantic Dunes the first day and Harbor Town the second, and it was cold the first day. I mean, it was sunshine and cold, but you know we've done those. Yeah. Yep. That next day, boy, it was not quite 40. The wind was blowing. It was raining. It was just raw. And it's Harbor Town. And it's Harbor Town. It yeah. was it was and it was blowing in your face on 18. Uh, we had to put the girl tees up on the fairway on 18 so they could get done. Yeah. Uh, talked to one of the young girls that played in it yesterday, and she uh, she said she even from there she hit driver three wood in the green. Wow. So it was um, it was raw. Uh, and, and, but you know what? The cool thing was these kids. They they came out. Uh, we had very few withdrawals. Uh, they they went out there and they faced the elements. And when it was all said and done, uh, in the girls' division, uh, Miss Macy Pate from Winston Salem, North Carolina, uh, had a three shot victory with a score of seventy three seventy five one forty eight. Yeah. Uh, Macy just received the Carolinas Golf Association's Junior Girl Player of the Year. Okay. Award. I was just a good saw player. her yeah, last weekend up in Pinehurst. And uh, in the boys' division, um, we had a PJ Maybank from Sheboygan, Michigan. I've okay. always wanted a reason to say Sheboygan on this episode. <laughs> uh, wow, came from a long way. Man, he came from a long way and he went deep. He, he shot the lowest score. I told you how bad it was on Sunday. He shot the lowest score by four. He shot 68 on the set final day to come back to four. Wow. Uh, Two a five shot victory actually one forty one is what he shot. Congrats! I wonder if they had a parade in Sheboygan. I'm sure. I mean Sheboygan that well, was, it's probably probably one degree in Sheboygan, Michigan right now. I know I he's imagine. not he's not practicing a whole lot. Um, but you know who came in second place was a, a good friend of our son uh, has come through the program and is, a, is an alum of ours. Uh, Jackson Bird, Jonathan's son. Yeah. Uh, out of St. Simons, he he shot a 71, 75, 146. He was the leader after the first round. But um, nice. Good again to see some of our alums children and come come back and, and participate in our events that just means we're getting old though there's no doubt about that yeah. no doubt uh right up the coast from where we were at the heritage we had the the first two-day player series going on at, at fripp island nice call it the fripp island junior challenge um we use both courses over there the ocean point course and ocean creek course again cold but sunshine on saturday and brutal conditions yeah uh joe quick with our foundation was out there helping michael mckee run it and, and joe will, will adamantly tell you it was four degrees colder there than it was at the heritage all right so something that reminds me the coldest 
I've ever heard of was you at the Fort Picard with the ice in the beard, right? Yeah, man. It was standing on 17T. You know, when I was when I was coming through, and, and my father, obviously, Hap, was, would tell, you know, his main thing was if, if you make the players go out there and play in the elements, by God, they better see you out there with them. Yep. Don't, don't let them find you sipping on hot cocoa in the <laughs> snack bar. So I was going to make a point, and I went out there and uh, sat on 17T for about three groups and cold, windy – misty day and i went to go feel the left side of my face off the ocean breeze and i had ice in my beard and so i told myself i'm gonna be out here but i'm not gonna be here i went inland you know went in hiding amongst the trees so uh, yeah but yeah it was it was one of those kinds of days it was cold but uh again all the all the kids came out they, they finished up and in the uh the girls division we had a, a kira sanchez shot a 75 83 uh for one shot victory 158 total and then in the boys' division, Ryan Bozard. And, again, man, this, these kids are just incredible. Ryan Bozard, in those conditions, uh, went out there and shot the lowest score by three shots on the final round, shot 67. 62, 67, mm. 139. Wow. Six-shot victory for Ryan. Good playing, Ryan. Yep. So, it's uh, it impressive. I was really impressed. We're excited about this player series. It's gotten off to a great start. We're getting about wrapped up the schedule for the year. So, uh, yep. need to check it out. If you got some kids in that 13- 18-year-old division that, that would want, want to kind of get started with some competition, it's a good way to do it. Opportunity is there. It is there. Um, the very next day, on Monday, the SCGA, we had our 40-plus our, our series over at Dunes West. Okay. Um, yeah. And – Again, cold temperatures, not quite as wet as it was on Sunday. So they, they got out there and, and muscled their way through it. But Individual stroke play. Individual stroke play on this one. Uh, and when it was all said and done, Mr. Charlie Hall out of Hilton Head yeah. in the Super Senior Division uh, won that with a score of 73. He had a two-shot victory there. In our Senior Division, uh, Ron Klontz from yeah. Upstate, he yeah. shot a 73 with a one-shot uh, victory. You know, the last time Ron Klontz was there at the 40-plus Dunes West is when he – Slipped off the golf cart and broke his shoulder. No, I didn't know that. Yeah, the, the, we had a, we were shuttling guys to the range, uh -huh. and he slipped off the back. And <laughs> as Kirk was doing the announcements for the forty plus, we were loading Ron Klontz up in the ambulance to send him off. So Man. that was a good comeback. He got comeback player of the yeah, year. It for that takes one. the sting out of his mouth right. at Dunes West. Yes, <laughs> and then our boy, uh, past player of the year, Mr. Robert Lutomsky out of Holly Tree. Uh, he won the regular division with a, a, a two hundred par score seventy. He had a two shot victory there. So yeah, no shocks with the Tomsky. I do want to say, Ron Klontz had a daughter who played junior golf when I was here, and Charlie Hall had twin boys. Yep, who, and they were good kids, and they're probably not kids anymore; they're men. But well, I was happy when I saw it on social media. I was very happy for Charlie Hall to see him. Charlie, he's one of the nicest guys in the world. Yeah. I mean, he's just been playing a lot of our stuff, and you know, you see some of those victory pictures of them, and they were bundled up and wrapped oh, yeah. up, and then you toboggans. You, you could tell it was cold. Yeah. So. But I was proud of everybody, our staff included. I mean, you know, it, it's tough to go out there and play golf in those conditions, um, yep. obviously, but. To sit there in a golf cart and officiate in those conditions and just kind of sit Hang there out, and, and right. look for sunshine, um, especially yeah. when there's no sunshine to be had, like on that Sunday we, we had. So right. good for our staff, good for the volunteers, good for the players, the parents, everybody involved. It was a it was a tough weekend, but we made it happen. That's so. right. Um, as we speak, our crowd is up in Greenville right now. We've got the Morgan Lucas happening over at Chanticleer this mm -hmm. weekend. Uh, then we've got 75, 80 kids playing in it. Um, Good weather for us this weekend, thank yes. goodness. So yeah. We're excited about that. That one was always kind of plagued with cold weather back when I was here. Yeah, and we, we've had a we've had a tough run with that one. But you know, this weekend they're talking about I think up to sixty degrees and sunshines, and we we That's will great. take it, brother. We yeah. will take it. Uh, we roll right back into Monday, uh, President's Day. We do our President's Day one day, which okay. is again part of this player series we're doing. So yeah, uh, we'll be doing the President's Day one day. I think we're at Darlington. Oh, nice. Yeah, it. I think you are. The kids are out of school and they're reading yep. not to play. So, we give, again, just giving opportunities. And then uh, before we get back together again, we would have done our, our partners championship, which okay. is a little bit of a change this year. Uh, you know, we've done it at Spring Valley and Wood Creek for years. Uh, we are now doing it at Spring Valley and Windermere. Yep. Um, and – Again, we filled up, man. We got we got one hundred two man teams playing in that thing. That's amazing. Uh, we it's a, it's a fundraiser for junior golf. Uh, it's it's a good opportunity to get together and kind of knock the cobwebs off the first yep. year. Come with a friend and uh, hang out in Columbia, have a good time. It's a couple shotgun starts and um, again, you know, it's, it's, we do some different formats, so it's not just straight up four ball. So it's it's fun. And you, but you also have it's a good event. There's some good times to be had from the players as they 
hang out at night sure first night but you've also got a good list of past champions on that tournament yeah you know the people that come and play in this thing aka it's it's kind of surprising i mean it i've got everybody from walker cup players with todd That's white playing in mark it. anderson mark anderson it. Yeah. uh you know we we got players of the years past players of the yeah. years i mean it is just a, it's a fun event it's a fun tournament everybody has a good time some people have too much fun i <laughs> had one team that didn't show up on sunday a few years ago and found out they were in jail yeah um but we got beyond that. So, uh, but yeah, it, it's a great event, and like I said, it's for a good calls. But it's full. Too late now. It's too. It is too it, late now. It's full. And they've already played it. It's coming up. We'll be okay. March the fifth and sixth. Okay. Uh, at Spring Valley and Windermere, you know, we we busted up. We got a hundred teams. We busted up into two divisions: tournament divisions and and championship division. Uh, and and then we then we flight once after the first round in each one of those divisions and one division plays the golf course one day and then they play the other golf course the next day i'll take any team that has a todd on it with last name todd and you have the rest how about that <laughs> well you got a good chance there's a lot of todds playing in right, this thing so right. yeah but as usual they, they 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 like to participate and contribute and support so it's, it's good to have them with us and if had they registered they could have done my scga app correct yeah my scga app is up in full throttle right now uh, especially this time of year when you're doing registrations we, we want you to go there and it's it, it really simplifies the process uh it's, it's mobile obviously it's an app it's mobile friendly it makes it a little bit easier to do it on your on the through the app than on, on the website if you go there on your phone uh, so it's a it's a good opportunity there for information and uh, things upcoming uh, such as uh, we're doing the golf ball again this year hey Hello. we're back on it's been a two-year hiatus for you those of you those of you who don't know the golf ball is a golf party with about four or five hundred people together we we wine you dine you auctions live auctions silent auctions bidding raffles you name it it's yep. there um it's a good time it's a good time it's a good night we're doing it we always do it the thursday of the masters so it's going to be april the 7th we're going to be at the usc alumni center good building too uh yeah that's the first this will be the second time yep. since our hiatus uh so we're looking forward to going back there um for any information, you can go to the Junior Golf Foundation website, scjgf.org, and uh, we've got information there. But we'd love to have you. If you like playing golf, there are more opportunities to get some cheap golf at yep. these with all the golf certificates that we have out there for rounds of golf. This is the opportunity. And Now, when he says cheap golf, he's not talking about the ones that don't have a good budget. He's talking about you can buy good rounds at a good price. Yes. Thank yeah. you for clarifying. And yes. And, and also, we're going to have uh, we're going to have some online opportunities for bidding, too. We're going through a company called Qtago. And yep. again, if you can't make it, at least go check out the website. And, and as we get closer, we'll be listing all the items up for auction on that on that online bidding site and, and you can do it from right there at the comfort of your couch boom there it is i'll be there yep it'll be fun we hope everybody can join us that's right it's good to get back so anything else coming up uh a lot of things but probably too much to fill up on this list right now I, obviously you know as you know when we get into april man it, we got we got yeah. all kinds of oh yeah no hootie yeah, and we'll have to save that yeah we'll no save doubt. that one so uh to, today we have dawn woodard yep dawn woodard she is she is a interesting person she's a smart girl she's a competitor in my eyes she's a competitor oh she's one of those man they get you know she's a competitor she's a great golfer obviously she's won all kinds of things and her her usga record is just incredible and everything else she's done but she's that she's that she's a competitor in the fact that when she gets out there she locks in you know and you yes. can you can tell she's working it's, you can but she can also help you lock in that no you, doubt about it you'll learn about that here so here you go dawn woodard enjoy Dawn Woodard, thank you for joining us. Glad to be here, guys. On SCGA off the hosel. I'm a little nervous because of somebody of your playing stature. Caliber. You know, caliber. Right. I don't know. You look at all her titles. There's a lot. I know. I mean, you you you've got a lot of you've done a lot of stuff in your golfing career. Some, some good and some bad. <laughs> <laughs> Where did it start? Um, Have you been to South Carolina all your life? I started out in South Carolina. I grew up in Nichols, South Carolina. Yep. Um, started playing when I was eight. Our club pro back then was Steve Hare, and he kind of came in and really, I mean, what else do you do in Nichols? I and mean, we don't even have a stoplight. <laughs> and so um, just, you know, it was kind of one of those, I feel like, you know, back then I feel like you were raised by the village almost. You know? right. So during the summer we were at the pool all the time. You get out of the pool, all your buddies just grab your clubs and go to the tee and play. And so as junior golf kind of, you know, he's the, my parents never played. I think I was about 12 when we moved out to the golf course and 
lived across the street on number 12 and you know it was really you know Steve and the guys at the club that kind of got us a whole group of us as juniors kind of introduced us into playing you know summer camps told us basically close your eyes swing hard hold it like this and took us to some junior tournaments and we didn't know what we were doing we were just playing golf um what was the name of the club Pineland Country Club Pineland yeah so and we were I was actually on the phone with Christy McPherson yesterday and we were talking because Christy played some at Pineland growing up and um, <clears throat> we were talking about because it's not there anymore right. it's it's closed and it's all just overgrown and it's we were talking about how sad that is you know looking back at your childhood course is not there but you know I just kind of as I as I grew I mean I played all the sports I mean golf was just what you played when it wasn't basketball season or one volleyball or one you know whatever it was mainly summer at yep. the time I just played golf during the summer and <laughs> as I got older and into high school and you know, really thought I was going to play basketball in college, had those opportunities, and not until I came up to golf camp at Furman, like after my junior year that summer, and really fell in love with Furman and Mick Potter, and he made an offer for me to play golf, and so then I got a little more serious about it. But until then, it was just really just another sport that, that oh. a kid plays to have something to do. Was golf your best sport back then? <clears throat> At that time, no. Yeah. I mean, basketball. at that time, basketball was, I mean, I, my senior year, I was player of the year for the state, and we won state championship. And basketball was the, even today, you know, and when I tell people this, sometimes they kind of shake their head. But, yeah, I, I'm good at golf, and I love the competition from golf, and that that allows me to still be competitive even at this age. Right. But it's not anything I love basketball I loved huh. and wow. I could I don't love golf yeah so that's a, you know, a lot of, I don't play a tremendous amount but I do play tournaments well. and around I get ready for tournaments and I play tournaments and you and, finish really good in those tournaments too but I, I I am much more drawn to the competitive part of golf and the the challenge of what that allows along with the social side of it yeah you know um but coming out and and going to play you know I back and forth I mean do I play basketball do I play golf um, I love the fact that it was you know going to be small team I just fell in love with Furman I yeah. fell in love with that and I was like you know I'm not I wasn't a superstar obviously in golf coming out uh, but I had full scholarship the opportunity and it was it was almost the challenge of okay I can do this and I can I'll get even better by obviously continuing to play it and in my head at that time back at you know 92 I was like what do I do with basketball after four years of college right exactly you know it's I would I've often thought what would I have done if there really had been a WNBA back then because it hadn't started yep but the main reason a lot of my reasoning was what do I do with basketball in four more years it's over and I mean, it's over so what about let's give this other a chance well how about how about when back into junior golf because I know we've evolved greatly still not enough but greatly with women's women's we're talking golf with women's golf and and, and opportunities and I know we're, we're about the same age and I know back when I was playing junior golf even for us I mean there, there was a handful of events that you that you could play in today there's something you could play in every day of the summer and every almost every day of the year but back then even for, for the guys it wasn't that much and for the girls I can't imagine there was a whole heck of a lot to choose I mean from. I, I played in a few state like the state junior a few things like that yep. I mean I you know but it was that was back when we didn't qualify for the USGA junior you oh, know, you right. had to have a you know a handicap that I, I want to think at the time you had to be below like a four index and, and you literally you had a paper application that you filled out and you sent it in and, and you're you, in and you're in like <laughs> that was I played in two U.S. juniors and that's all I did was fill out my application and send it in and it was it was a big deal right you know I mean one was in Wichita Kansas and you know, and I, I just remember the other one was in um, Indianapolis. And, and I, hadn't, I hadn't played golf out of the state or out of the Carolinas ever. You know, it was not my focus. And I didn't, I wasn't, you know, even back then, there were some juniors that kind of played 
more of a regional or national type schedule, but that wasn't me. Like, it was not the background that I came from. It wasn't, I mean, I was just one sport to the next and playing. So when I signed up to play in it, I mean, I went. I went without, I, they did housing. I, you know, I got on a plane and I flew. My parents didn't do golf, you know, so I got picked up. I, I mean, it's just so different when I look back at, yeah. at what those were. But there were not that many opportunities but I also wasn't really looking for those opportunities right. because I just played when I didn't have anything else to do. Sure, sure. Well, I, I know, <clears throat> you know, it, it, the, the change, like I said, with junior golf now, and, and we, we've got we've got events. We had to split up one of our events into a, a boys' event and the girls' event because we couldn't get everybody in. And uh, it's good, it's great. And, and, and I know, you know, when you went to Furman, and, and not until probably the last few years, if you could bust eighty, you could probably get you a scholarship oh. somewhere as a female. Yep. Uh, now you got to now you got to be able to play a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. Which doesn't take anything away from what you were able to accomplish at Furman University. I mean, you who, who were some of your teammates that you had there with? Um, you know, a lot of good players. I mean, at the time, Caroline Peak, who Caroline Blaylock now, but she played um, Ashley Price bunch. Mm-hmm. She turned pro and played Deanna D'Alessio, Jen Hanna. You know, there were all these players. For the most part, um, I was the only one who didn't turn pro and play out of that group. Um, I think all of my other teammates, um, Kate Burnett may be the only one who, I think she's you know doing a career in nursing, now, you know, but she right. didn't want to play professionally. But all of them, even the ones that were a little bit older when I first got there, you know, they, they were all very successful. I mean, we were top 10 or 11 in the country every yeah. year for four years. And I don't think I ever missed, missed tra- I mean, I traveled every time and played and, you know, it was, it was super fun, and I don't have any regrets about the way I did choosing, you know, choosing golf over basketball. Right. Or, um, but it was completely, you know, we just had fall season. Then when we had winter break, you know, we we had, you know, what these girls do now with the workouts and all of that. That we had, you know, we we met in the training center with some bands and kind of, you know, <laughs> little fancy stretching, but. Yeah, we we played intramural basketball was our winter time. Like as a team, we had some athletes on that team. And Mick was never happy with us because he was always afraid we were going to get hurt. But he eventually just came to the games and watched. But but it was just, you know, and then we'd kick back off in the spring and play. But it was still, I mean, I went home over the summer and summer jobs and didn't play golf. I mean, all the way through, it was never anywhere close to what it is now. So you never left this area once you got here, once you got to Furman, I guess. Once I got to Furman, I was here, then I got married, and we moved to Florida. Okay. So I did spend um, – my first two kids were actually born in Florida. We were there until uh, 2000. Okay. Came back, kind of – we've made the runs through the southeast, basically, with my husband's career. Yeah. Um, but so we spent – like yeah, six, seven months temporary. We knew we were going to Charlotte for him to do something. And then we ended up just outside of Atlanta for a couple of years, Nashville for three. And then we've been back here since 2008. Have you played golf or you've been a member somewhere, everywhere you went? Yes. Okay. Yep. So you know, Jason's really- a player too, right? Yeah, Jason's a good player. Yep. Yep. Scratch player, handicap yep. wise. I mean, he's, um, he he actually plays a whole lot more than I do, and you know he loves to play with the guys on the weekend and go out there every you know he'd go every day after work if he could and hit balls and practice right. and play and I've kind of always I was like you know if I'd had the desire to play and practice as much as he did if I had his desire a whole nother ball game. with my talent it would have been a whole nother ball game but it's just not the more I do it the I actually get to the point where I need to take – like, I, if I did it every day, I wouldn't play this sport. Is that one of the main reasons you probably didn't go pro out of Furman? As you, you knew yeah, it was commitment int- wasn't there? You know, part of it, I think, was just – you know, I mean, I you know, I met Jason my last year at Furman, you know, and we got married that fall, moved okay. to Florida. And I don't, I don't necessarily think that at that point I wasn't 100% sure whether I was going to turn pro – I don't think I had locked it down to say no, um, but I don't know that the passion was really there for it. And then once I started a family and found out, okay, I've got a kid on the way, there was not any part of me that wanted to. Right. I kind of tossed it around and I would say 
it wouldn't be truthful to say I knew from the beginning it's not what I wanted to do, but I never got good far enough down that path to want to pull the trigger and actually try it, or you know. And yeah. I was kind of like, I don't want to try it. I'm either going to do it or I'm not. So I need to be all in, and I never got all in. And once I had a kid, there was no way, there was no way I was giving up. I mean, I loved being a mom, and I was not going to travel 30 weeks out of the year and leave, you know, that up to somebody else to deal with. I, I see a lot of it in, in, in the years I've been part of it, and even the last four or five years now with the juniors and watching these girls go through and go to college, and then we kind of we kind of lose them for a little bit, you know, after college until maybe 35 or 40 when they because of the same reasons, marriages, families, kids, jobs. Uh, and just not having time. I don't know how you. I don't know how you ladies have enough time to do what you do anyhow. Much less with, with trying to get golf in. You know, and I. I don't think I appreciated it as much during the time of say twenty five to thirty five. Basically, right. how much um, help or sacrifice my family made for me to be able to do it, even as just an amateur, and yeah. to play in the national events and the regional events. You know, my parents were great. Jason's parents were, so they would come watch the kids, stay with them. You know, you know, I've, I've been fortunate enough to be able to to go do that and spend the money. You know, to 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 do that for myself and not feel like I was taken away from my family and they were having to sacrifice if I did something. So you know, I think it was just it almost had to be a perfect storm to right. be, you know for me it was best case scenario I got to play in what I wanted to play enough to love it and still want to be competitive but I didn't have to do it and I didn't have to do it a lot and if I didn't want to do it I didn't have to go do it so it became a really you know and I met people from all over the country and that's where yeah. you know most of my friends and that's where now if I if someone said you can't play golf ever again you know, whether I'm injured, whatever reason, you just said, you're done. I don't know that I would miss it as long as I could become competitive in something else. Right. But I would really miss the camaraderie and the friends and being out there and playing and going to dinner afterwards with my friends. Yeah, I've I've joked. I'm like, I kind of see how some of the really good players who now are officials, you know, the Martha Langs, you know, the ones that go out there and – used to be really good players or you know I've gotten to be such good friends with so many of them that were good players and you know even in the Carolinas like Preston Crow and those who mm-hmm. have all their stories and you know but they're out there and they still have that camaraderie it, yeah. because that's that's what keeps me involved in it at that's this cool. point I think let's go over some of the playing do you have yeah, any of those stats well, I got some things I probably missed it because Dawn's got so much stuff she's done but um obviously she went to Furman University uh <clears throat> You, uh, if I got my numbers right, a record eight WSCGA amateur titles. Is that right? Yes. Eight of them. Eight. The last one was at Daltall? Yes. Yeah. Yep. Pretty incredible. She beat Sophia Burnett, a future yes. uh, Furman. Yep. In the Many playoff. in a was six, seven hole playoff, I think. It took yes. a while. Wow. I didn't realize that. I was there for that one. Yeah, it took <laughs> yeah. a while. So that puts you over the top because you were tied at seven. Mm-hmm. And then that, that one puts you over the top at eight. And was that kind of a, a fulfillment for you? I mean, yep. was that the number you were looking for? Well, I mean, I don't know that I ever chased a record by any stretch right. of the imagination. Um, but once I got to probably six, knowing, okay, if I win one more, then that's going to at least be tied. That might be kind of cool. You okay. know, at some point you got to have a goal, right? Yeah. Um, and I, I won the seventh one actually over at Green Valley. Um, and then I think it may have been the very next year, it was supposed to be at Thornblade, you know, and then there's all the hype of, you know, hey, you're a Thornblade member, you've already oh, got yeah. seven, you're going to have whatever. But I, th- I think that's probably my worst showing. You know, I didn't play well. Um, I don't even think I finished in the top 10, oh, like, wow. which was, you know, and I think Green Valley, it, for, so, for so many years, the state am was held in September for the, for the WSCGA. And, you know, I know Leanne Brown and I and a couple other people were big on pushing to say this has got to take place in the summer, you know, because that's if you're going to be a true state am, then you've got to compete against all the players. You can't yeah. wait till the kids are back in school and just have a state am and 
really only have a handful of people that even have a chance of winning. We're talking about getting the college girls involved. So now we've got all the college. So that was the first one. And, you know, even though I have eight, and it's it's hard to win no matter what, who you're playing against. But, you know, I feel like the last few that I won against what I would consider to be stronger fields were were more important. My kids also got to the point where they kind of were out and were able to be a part or and see, you know, Green Valley, they were out there when I finished. Um, you know, and as then that tall was, you know, just let's just, you know, I'm kind of running out of chances. I feel <laughs> they're getting younger, I'm getting older. And, um, but it just kind of set up well, huh? you know, it's and for me and I felt like it was a good thing, but it was very satisfying afterwards. And I did kind of have that let down the next last few years. It's kind of been like, eh. Yeah. But. Well, that's incredible. I mean, that, that led to, again, I hope I got my numbers right, seven WSCGA players of the year. Is that? Is I have that? no idea on that. I think I, think I found no, that seven. No idea on that one. Um, and then uh, we, you also, you won the inaugural South Carolina Women's Open in 2018. Yes. First one ever. It's gone, yep. gone growing bigger and better things now. But, yep. Um, and this blew me blew me away. I, you, I know you've played in the U.S. Junior, two U.S. Juniors now. But your, your U.S. Women's Mid-Amateur, 13? No, more than that. More than that. Um, See, I knew I was going to screw up, Alan. 19, I told you. I be- 19 Not- Mid-Ams. Wow. Really? I did screw up. 17 in a row. Wow. I believe. It, I, so, I mean, just if I do the math, I, I, the first one I played in at 25. Okay. I've missed – I missed three because of the years that I had kit, like, or two because of kids. Um, but I, I've made them all. I've never missed the cut. Medal three times. Medal three plate. times. I love it. Mid-A is my favorite tournament. <laughs> has been all year. So if I'm ever going to be ready for a tournament, I'm ready for the mid-A. Why is that? Why? Because it's it's a combination of exactly why I play. It's great competition, but. There, and nothing against the kids. I love the juniors and all, but it's 25 and up. So people are there with their husbands or people that their family caddying. It becomes, you know, the dinner, the officials. It's like one big. If you do it after 19 years, they're very, you know, you, you, you know everybody, you know. Right. I, I've kind of aged past that now. At 47, I don't know the 25 year olds. Right. But when I was the young one, the number of players that were in their 30s and 40s that kind of take those players that are 25 and they get to know you and you kind of almost kind of feel like you grow up under their wing and you learn from them and you begin to realize like that's when I really began to realize age doesn't matter you know and that 25 how many times I got matched up against somebody that I thought oh she's an old lady I got her and they handed me a loss Mm -hmm. you know and they just grind and you realize that that experience carries so much weight. And so to me, I know going to the mid-am, for one, I can win. I'm going to be competitive. And if I can kind of get things together at the right time, you know, there's a lot of, to me, there's some luck involved with match play at times. But at the end of the day, it's just, I still would love to win a USGA. I would still love to, yeah, so I'm fired up and ready to go for that one. Well, you played the they you just played in the last one they had down at uh, uh, Berkeley Hall. Yep. Um, I, I you and I talked about this. I had the opportunity to start one of those days, and first time doing that, I, I've done it. I did it at the U.S. Women's Open when it was at Charleston, but that's a whole other beast. Uh, but this was my experience with this from starting a little bit. I did was the the, the wide array of of ladies that were there. Mm-hmm. And the spectrum of ages that were there, just like you said, I mean, oh, yeah. it's twenty-five all the way up to the sixties, yep. and they all pretty much pounded it off of that first tee when I was watching them go. I it's, mean, it was incredible. I mean, it's, but to me, that is, if you're, there are so few what I would call long-term amateur players. You know, there used to be a ton of them. You know, Curtis Cup used to be huge, and it was all the mid-ams and older. You know, like, but the better amateur players the reality is today they turn pro Mm -hmm. you know so there are not that many really good amateurs that stay amateur and continue to compete throughout their career and i think we see a lot the one the ones that are there the ones that can be competitive and you've got people from all over and like i said i mean to me that is the one tournament that sort of defines they challenge you at every club in your bag 
you know you know it's going to be a test you know it's there are going to be things you like about it don't you know the courses you get great golf courses um and it's really why i still do it yeah so. now i'm not even trying to put numbers anymore because after i screwed up the us <laughs> mid-am one uh the women's amateur you played in it played in two women's two AMs. women's ams and any um, success in those so 2007 at crooked stick mm-hmm. um played well but it missed the cut there um but 2012 was it country club of charleston yes um and that one i did make the cut i i lost in the first round to allison lee who um we, we all know that name mm-hmm. and um but really enjoyed that love that it was in charleston you know my my parents my kids were able to you know my husband was there um and that was just yeah, I think at the time I was 39, but I actually qualified for that event down at Kiowa. Okay. So, um, and my middle daughter, Sam, at the time, I mean, she couldn't have been 11 or 12 at, like at that point. Yes, you know, I think she was 12 and she caddied for me. Oh, cool. And so to, to kind of get in, you know, with her on the bag, um, I got in in a playoff and, um, so, I, you know, that was just a really fun, the qualifying to get into it and then being able to have my family there more yeah. than anything was kind of cool. Well, that was my question. Who's your caddy? Your husband at all these mid-ams? No, he's, you know, it's... <laughs> you don't have a regular caddy? I don't. I mean, I've had so many different ones. And it's, he caddied for me this year at Berkeley. He's caddied, he's, I think he's caddied for me in a few. And and he laughs because he, he you know i think every time he has cat or three of the times that i've made it like to the quarters and i've advanced pretty far he has been on the back including this year and i think huh. that after this year he's like well i guess the streak continue you know yeah. um but he and i are so different okay. playing i mean he's very task and very he's a phd engineer you know and i'm very all feel nothing has to make any sense this is just i just right. do this it right. doesn't have to make sense um and so at times, I mean, literally, you know, we kind of rub knuckles out there yeah. and there's, he, I know he wants me to do so well. Like he, it, it's almost, and I know that, but it's sometimes I feel like I either try too hard or it's not yeah. like I'm already trying, believe me, I hate to lose <laughs> at anything. So I'm not trying to, you know, so we kind of get into that a little bit. Um, so he's not a regular, I think as we've, Kind of matured in our relationship <laughs> i would say um we have gotten a better understanding of kind of you know how to make that actually work because i do enjoy having him out there it is it's comfort to have him he knows my game even if i get a little off he can tell me but normally you know the reason i've done really well when the kids have caddied for me is i just want someone to be out there and have a good time yeah. and carry my back literally like you're a caddy's not really telling me how to play or what right. because they can't they don't know what i'm feeling they don't you know i mean i know if i had a you know tour players with their regular cat that's one thing you gotta have a relationship with your caddy for for that caddy to actually benefit you on the golf course but you're fierce i've when i've watched you play golf there's not a lot of fun i don't see it you're focused maybe that maybe that's the right term is focused right uh, and i'm looking times, at you through a camera in, betw- lens. in between yeah. You know, in okay. between and but I mean, I can get in my own little world out there, but I mean, underneath that shell, I'm ve- I'm usually pretty relaxed. Okay. I'm usually thinking or just trying to but a lot of times, you know, that very focused whatever, I may not even be on the golf course with where my thoughts are. Wow. I mean, I could just I'm just quiet and do I just like to do my own thing basically. Gotcha. But in between or in between holes or in between I actually like the social and the talking and the okay. things are going, you know, you'll see that side of it, but they're in, in a coming down the stretch in the heat of the moment, especially if it's against some, you know, I have my motivations, I hear you, you know? Hear you. And so when I have that motivation of I'm getting ready to prove something or I'm getting ready to prove, like if I turn that on, yeah. you're going to see very focused, but okay. can, you can't leave that on for four and a half hours and that's probably so when I've I, seen you is you see it you know and there is a certain level I mean I've played players I used to be the player on the other side and almost be intimidated by someone because of that 
you know they're quiet mm-hmm. they're not taught you don't know what they're thinking you don't know what they're doing and right. I just think with experience you just learn how to handle those situations I think I see it because I see I've seen a lot of it the competitive <clears throat> side of it and, and some of the some of the more successful competitive players be it amateur whatever they have that ability to lock in and focus and, and I say put the blinders on and you know there's 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 no there's no joking or anything going down the line. I mean they're they're out there for a reason, and I mm-hmm. think that's I think that shows to the success of those individuals that make that happen. And, and I or think can you, do that. you get I mean it it comes with experience, and I don't mean it comes with age. It just comes from being in those moments. Right. Basically, you know you can't learn how to handle them when you're not in those moments. Yeah. I do apologize for the white cloth truck backing up out there. And well, it's the always beeping. something. We're at Holly Tree Country Club today, right outside the front window. We, I think we had blowers here the last time. We did. There's nothing to blow today no. um, with the snow on the ground. But one other event, I think, I, and, and again, I'm not putting numbers, but I think you played in the inaugural U.S. Women's Four Ball. Yes, at Bandon. At Bandon. Who was your partner? Lee? Megan Stassi. Okay. So that's an, uh, So Megan and I have actually the only team to have partnered in all of them, and we just qualified for Puerto Rico in April. Nice. Congratulations. So we have – we're the only like we've there may be a few players who've played in all but not with the same partner so megan and i have been in all of them and we we kind of like our twosome do you, you need a caddy that week <laughs> or are you riding <laughs> jason's caddy jason's okay. going to bahamas he, he's, megan. he's headed to puerto rico <laughs> Does megan need a caddy yeah. um different mindset with a four ball event obviously i mean it's you know, a, megan and i partner really well because we do our own thing but I mean, obviously, if we have a question, but our games are very similar. We drive the ball, you know, very consistently off the tee, about the same distance. We, you know, our our thoughts are very similar. Megan's won four USGA Mid Ams. Oh wow! So she's, you know, on you know on paper she's much more accomplished than I am. But when you know she actually, um, she won the Mid Am in 2007 in Arizona and beat me in the quarters on 18 uh, you know so we've we've been against each other a few times but when we pair up together we you know we're just very comfortable with each other right. we really I mean again it's just one of our just another one of my mid-am buddies that you yeah. know we make a we make a great team but we're also really good friends yeah right. so how did you transition everything you just told us into judgment matters <laughs> how long have you been doing that a little over 10 years okay. when I first started it. Um, and it, that's – it actually – my husband was doing something with that assess, you know, the whole thing through work. And he asked me to take the assessment just because he had to get his training and stuff. And I – and we – our wheels kind of started to spin because it's a, a values-based assessment that looks at why people make the decisions that they make. And the guys over at Judgment Index um, that have the assessment – they're big into golf and stuff like that and just the wheels started turning like of the different ways and you know how this could apply to college coaches with their players you've got eight to ten individuals that are playing a team sport and they all do things differently and how you know how how can I use this assessment to to help people basically and once we kind of kind of explored down that path talked to them kind of had a lot of ideas and so I just use my connections with the, you know, the, the Ellen Ports and the established whoever's that are out there that have been traditionally really good players that have won, like, hey, let's, I want you to tell, I want to learn some things. I want to start building some data, basically. So I took a little time in doing that, and then we designed the report and kind of got with college coaches that I still knew, and, and that sort of took off. I worked with Curtis Cup in 2014. With it, when Ellen was captain and we did some stuff with the team um, and then that led you know one thing leads to something else is kind of the way it but it was mainly you know even for me individually the things that you learn that you have to overcome to be a good player you know and the number of players that you see that are really really good with their skills but they just seem to never get it done when competition rolls around mm-hmm. and and why is you know just starting to try to answer a lot of the whys and getting people to realize they're individuals. You know, you got You have your own comfort zone, and and you need to understand what that is and how to use that instead of just trying to, hmm. you know, read something and be like, oh, that's what I want to try. Or you see another player on your team doing this, so you think that's what you need to do because they've been successful. Right. So it just it started that way, and then it has just progressively grown. 
year after year after year with <laughs> from college teams to individuals right. to you know whether they're juniors or college or so pros. Judgment Matters. This is a company that you and Jason have started together. It, it's basically it's mine. Jason okay. was just the the brains of helping me come up with things and the in the beginning. the gist of it is, is like consultation or, yeah, it's just, or, or it's sports psychology? Consult. Yep. So it's like mental performance, okay. basically. Um, and so, you know, I would say it's more of a performance consultant. Um, from the standpoint of how do you use what your natural tendencies are to and what are the things that are going to affect you when you're preparing to play, you know, from everything to how do you, you know, what do you need when you go take lessons? How do you practice? How, what are the things that are gonna help you during the decision-making part of on the course? You know, how, how does your lens and the way you see things affect what you're doing to even how to deal with your expectations and failures? Because, you know, a lot of people come to me because they're not doing well. And they think, well, if I can do this, or if I can win, or if I can shoot this score, if I can cross one hurdle, then that's the magic bullet and everything's good. And what they don't realize is even if they're getting better and they're getting better and they're getting better, the things they're having to deal with and the pressures are still there, they're just different pressures, right. basically. And so it becomes teaching them how to use their natural tendencies. And if they have areas where they're weak, well, that's okay as long as you know it because you can prepare for it ahead right. of time. Man, so, so that's how I first heard about you is when, when I worked for Biff and we were doing the blade. Yep. There was a young man from Charleston who who was coming to see you, and mm-hmm. and I didn't know, I didn't know what, and he's like, yeah, we're going out with Dawn to, and that's when I learned about the. Does it involve playing? Are you going out there on the course? So with occasionally, them I'll have a player who wants to go out on the course, and we'll look at you know their shot selection, and but it's more talking through why they're making the decisions they're making. What do you see as your options? You know. We're all either very realistic or idealistic or somewhere in between. You know, the the way way we see things a lot of times sets things up. Or people who are um, much more influenced by people in their inner circle. You know, they're they're more people relational. Yeah. You know, juniors especially, they're worried about what coaches are thinking or what their parents are going to think. You know, they're spending so much of their time thinking about. They're, they're fearing the outcome because they don't want to mess up, right. basically. And, you know, but then someone else who's very task-oriented, they're just, they think, well, if I do this, this is going to happen. Well, in their mind, I mean, that's not necessarily true, but in their mind, that is their reality. So that's not a bad thing. That doesn't mean they're doing it wrong. It's just teaching them how to use each of those different things. I don't know. I beat a bunch of range balls growing up thinking that's what I need to do to get better, and it didn't work for me. I need I need, yeah. I need judgment matters back in that's my right. day. That's right. So it's, you know, I have – it's it has also made playing less much easier because yeah. of the fact that, you know, so many of the players that I, I love seeing them be successful and I love knowing – even if I was just a small part of helping them – there's some satisfaction in knowing, not that I help them, but in seeing their excitement and them get to that level. Yeah. You know, I've got a player that started working with me, you know, in high school and didn't feel like she belonged, didn't, you know, see a name on the, the, the board or she'd be paired on the last day with it. She's like, oh my God, I've got to play with so-and-so. You know, and I'm like, she had no, no belief in herself to even think she should be there. And, you know, and, and the growth and to see that player and then where things are now. I mean, and it's got to be satisfying. It's, it's so satisfying, I would think, you know. Yeah. And, a, you know, Anna Morgan's one of the girls that works with me over at Furman. She just got her ANWA invite last week yeah, here nice, in the Carolinas. Nice. And, you know, just those kind of things really. I just love seeing the other players now reach some of their goals. Uh, and she's a two time WSCGA player of the year. Yes. Consecutive. Yes. Yeah. But she and she's at Furman. Yeah. So, I, but um, yeah, it's just I work with Mina Harry Guy on tour, and I got to be a part of Solheim Cup this summer and be you know up there and all of that. And um, you know, two years ago when I started working with Mina and that whole you know that story ran this past summer. But you know, she was in that. Do I stay out on tour? Do I not? You know, and and things really you know just kind of have turned around for her, and it's been great to to kind of see that and. Um, so, 
I, I've, I've really enjoyed watching and figuring out ways to make the judgment matters grow. Is it tough, though, sometimes whenever maybe you see somebody get stale or not progress the way they should? We just dig in a little harder and keep trying to figure it out and get them to see. And I think the fact that I still play and the fact that they can see over the long, you know, like getting them to understand that you're even the best players in the world have times where things aren't good. That that doesn't mean, you know, getting them. And so my thing is getting them to to grow their belief in themselves and in their process and in what they're doing so that when things aren't good, they don't feel bad. Their, their, their confidence is still up. You know, right. so you take a Jordan Spieth over the last few years, he didn't lose belief in himself even though his results weren't there. You know, so the, so many – everything is about results, the scoreboard. Your yeah. name's up there. Everything is where am I on junior scoreboard? Where am I on this? Where am I – you know, so you got to put a number on the board. Well, how do – I mean, results are pushed on us all the time, mm-hmm. but those results don't necessarily define us. Right. But getting getting someone to understand that's really hard. You know, you talk about and, and in your your line, you, some of the success stories you've seen. I, I know one of the big ones out of South Carolina in women's golf was Jensen Castle. Yes, with that U.S. Women's Am. Did you, did you get to watch a little bit of that? I watched a, almost all of it. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty. I, I was. I, we've done. We've done. We've talked to Jensen with this before. I, I was at our amateur championship at Debadu that that same yep. weekend that was going on with me and. 15 inches of rain but so I didn't get to watch much of it but I've, I've heard the stories and, and talked to Jensen since but I mean what an exciting moment for, for oh, women's absolutely. golf yep I mean just you know that for amateur golf it just doesn't get any I mean it doesn't get any better but then to have someone from South Carolina that you know local that's here that's you know just great story but you know it it's just what it takes to win any USGA event right no matter at what level on men or women it's you know but even just being a part of it you know I tell so many players when they qualify for their first one like soak it like some people don't ever get to do this some people you may get another chance but you're gonna have to it's hard I mean it's really hard I have right at 40 USGA's Wow. Over my entire career between juniors and mid-ams and four balls and state, t- you know. That's got to be close to a record, don't no, you? No, 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 no. I mean, you've got Carol Simple Thompson's probably got 100 and okay. some, and you've got a lot that are close, you know, 80s and 60s. Okay. But you've got it. If you start looking at players from today, they won't get there because right. they're not going to stay. Am- you know, they are, they're going to get their open every year, and that's it. Yeah. But you, if we go backwards and we go to the players that are even older, the Carol Simple Thompson, Martha Leach, you know, the players that have played Ellen Port, you know, they're going to have a ton because they've been, you know, for so long. Yeah. Professional but amateurs almost. They're basically like a professional amateur, yeah. yes. But, you know, to your point, where, where to, to appreciate it when you do get there, even if you've got one or if you've got 40, uh, you know, it's kind of the mind frame we take. We go run these USGA qualifiers. We, we run them like a, we try to run them. Obviously, we can't go as far as that you would at actual championship. We try to run them like a championship because for a lot of folks, that's as far as they're going to get. I mean, that's their ultimate experience. Yes. Oh, yeah, just to even try. Exactly. Right. But, right. And, but, but to do what you've done and, and, and to play all those events and to continue on, we, I see a lot of in, in the, in the, uh, in the, with the South Carolina Golf Association, a lot of the guys that go out and try to do that professional thing for a few years and realize they're getting their butts beat in every time they walk out there and they come back and get their amateur status back and this little squad of guys that ride around and just to your point that they're very competitive Mm -hmm. but they enjoy the they enjoy the the camaraderie they enjoy the dinners at night they enjoy doing what they do and it's uh it's it's neat to hear yep it's not all about the golf no but let's do take an opportunity and i you can't give away too much because you want clients (laughs) but what's the one nugget piece of advice you would want to tell any golfer maybe a new golfer I mean, it sounds very simplistic, but at the end of the day, you've, you've just got to be you. But the question is, is who are you? You know, not who do you want to be, who do you think you're supposed to be. For, for someone to really look and figure out who they are and what they need, that's key. I, I mean, I tell even the clients that I have with me now, and a lot of it is in the chaos of competing. Like, we can all go do it, practice. I mean, there are so many players that can do it when it doesn't count. Yeah. But when you're in the heat of that moment, like when you reference, like I look like I'm focused or I look like, in those moments, 
at times, even if I look really calm and cool, it's very chaotic. <laughs> you know, okay. like in you know the thoughts and the re- things that you may be fighting. Some things where you feel like, you know, things you you start to assume that things are going to be worse. That's just human nature, you know. Right. Right. Um, or you're just nervous and your heart's beating fast and you're just trying to do some breathing over there. That no, you know, like it. You've got to admit basically that all of these things are going to happen and they're normal and they're supposed to happen. Okay. You know, so it's not knowing what to do when it happens. I don't feel like I tell people this is what you need to do because they already know that. The problem is, is they don't know how to know. I need to do this because they don't understand how to recognize it. They don't. So recognition and understanding to begin with, it's that honest admission of who are you? But so many don't know. And, and then just how do you communicate that with the people on your team? You know, make sure you're all speaking the same language. How do you, and then you just put pieces in order to keep growing and developing from there. Have you ever had a, a club thrower where you'd be like, Hey, we don't do that. I've had a few people who I have heard back from other people on the course or, you know, I've had some parents tell me that this is what my kid does or, you know, and I've had a couple of conversations with maybe two kids over the years where I've said, calm it down. Well, just you don't understand what that, first of all, the wrong person sees you do that. They don't care how good you are. You're not going to play college golf for a certain Right. I mean, that's you know, yep. that's not going to happen. But it looks bad. It doesn't look just bad on you. It looks bad on your parents. Like, to me, it's a lack of respect. It's a lack of respect for yourself. It's a lack of respect for your parents. Yeah. I said, and if you're going to work and do some things with me, it makes me look bad. Yeah. Right. So at the end of the day, I'm not going to attach my name if yeah. that's what you're – you know, but usually – and it's a conversation that sometimes a parent can say, hey, this is what my kid did. Can you talk to them about it? Because I can say it to them, and it comes across completely different right. than they do. Just like when my own kids needed help, I had somebody else do it, not me, yeah. basically. I think one of the things I take pride in with our Junior Golf Association, and, and Chris Miller for certain for a long time, and Alan was part of that too, but you know, we're, we're not only out there running golf terms, but it's, it's life lessons and trying to you know, make these kids better, whoever they are. And, and there's a no-tolerance, zero-tolerance policy in our Junior Golf Association as far as tossing clubs it's not a oh that's okay just don't do it don't do it again period i mean well, it, and getting them to understand why did you feel the need to even do that anyway right like that's what throwing that in. club is not going to fix what caused it to begin with so a lot of what i do is let's back up and go a little under the let's go all the way to the root yeah where's this coming from because if we don't fix that it's not getting any better i think that's a great way for us to ask you right now how do they get in touch with you if they want to become yeah. a client <laughs> so um they can, they can email or call. There is a website that's judgmentmatters.org that has my contact info on it. It's kind yeah. of locked down. I'm doing some things where it's growing and building and trying to put some more things out there this spring. So it's kind of just locked up to the main page right now. But, you know, it's... But they can um, get they, your info. They from can you. get my info from that web website. Um, you know, they can, I don't know if they reach out to South Carolina Golf Association. Yep. I'll be glad oh, yeah. to give that information, information to you guys and you guys can always pass it out. Yeah. Real quick, back before we finish up here, because with everything you've accomplished in your amateur playing career over the last, you gave the age earlier, your last 35 years or so, and what since you've been playing golf, and I know this is scary. You and I are the same age, and so this, the, the senior word's a little scary, but do you have plans going down I, the line? I, I would love if I could just skip right now from 47 to 50. <laughs> like, literally, if someone would just go, poof, you're 50. <laughs> Bam. I would run out of here shouting to there these guys. Um, uh, I used to I used to joke because, you know, when I was talking about mid-am and being out there at, say, 25 to 30 and some of my really good friends that were hitting that 40 to 45, 43, 45, and they kind of all hit that what I would like it now I kind of call it hitting the wall. Mm-hmm. You know, it's kind of like, oh, uh, if I, everything's going well, yes, I can still compete with the kids and play with you guys, but it's it's tough to do it over the whole week kind of thing. Um, and they're like, you know, they're just, there's not any, there aren't any tournaments really. You can't play in the senior stuff. You don't really want to play in the junior or the AM feels like a junior, yep. you know, right, and they're right. like, it's just tough. <laughs> and we have at least over the past couple of years, we've added some mid-am tournaments. You know, the, the LNGA now has a mid-am, the AGA has a mid-am. Okay. 
Um, the Women's Southern added a Mid-Am division, so they've, they've given us some other opportunities, but nice. I'm so ready to be 50. Like, <laughs> I, I need some senior, yeah, that's where all my buddies are, too. You know, I'm You'd like, be a I, rookie again. I, I want to be the rookie. Yeah. I want to be the little kid. <laughs> I, I want to be the youngin'. Um, if y'all could see her smiling right I'll now. I'll tell you what, I, beaming. I, God, it's just like, man, these last couple of years, people are like, oh, you don't want to turn 50. I'm like, oh, yes, I do. Give it to like, me. Get, can we just skip? Can I just say, you know, can I play up, basically? <laughs> right, right. Can't play down, but can I play up? There you go. Well, Dawn, thank you so much for joining yes. us. Uh, n- no worries. Thanks so much for having me on here, guys. This has been a blast. Well, we appreciate you uh, representing women's golf in South Carolina, and uh, it's good having you on the show with us, and I wish you all the luck with uh, Judgment Matters and, and in three years with that senior career you got coming up. Hey, I'm, I'm trying hard. There you go. <laughs> thank you. Thanks, guys.